I'm Arya Schwartz along with Rachel Galligan and welcome to the Windsider Show where it's all about the W. Game 2 of the WNBA Finals is in the books. The series is tied 1-1. We had overtime. We had passionate players. We had a lot of craziness. Let's get into it. our show please consider joining our patreon community patreon.com backslash windsider for less than a cup of coffee a month you can directly show support for the hard work we do covering the w and don't forget to see our amazing staff's written content over at windsider.com that's windsider.com remember downloading the episode makes our stats look better and allows us to continue doing this you want to sponsor an episode of the windsider show email us at info at windsider.com rachel you called overtime you called a four-point game uh i very much so so you were off let's be clear it was a five-point game uh no i'm I'm messing with you i said three-point game in regulation you said four-point game in overtime i gotta give you props five-point game in overtime what a game the excitement was there i mean this game literally had it all Uh, let's start off with the controversies right Controversy Which number one. one. <laughs> yeah, well, controversy number one. Diamond to Shields uh three-point shot, three-pointer taken back, which was a huge blow. Shout out to Erica McCall. Uh, if you are not on social media on Twitter, I don't know how you know about this podcast, but <laughs> I would say also make sure you're following, you know, all the WNBA players, especially Erica McCall, a player who started her own podcast recently. Want to give a shout out to that. Uh, it's all about living the overseas life, but also Watching WNBA players live tweet games has become one of my favorite things ever. And we don't see it as much during the regular season. So I really appreciate it here. But she had a tweet that was like that rescinding the three point shot by Diamond changed the game more than honestly any of the other, you know, controversial aspects. I will say this, you know, Ari Chambers, shout out to Ari Chambers, big friend of the pod. The WNBA is so important. Um, She had a tweet where it was like a screenshot of the play when Diamond shot it. And I think that we are being misled because, you know, something that I always harp on is the production value of a WNBA game, right? When you watch an NBA game or a different professional sports league, there's multiple camera angles. They zoom in on the player after a big shot to see their celebration. Um, You know, the, the shot clock, the time, the scores, all those things are accurate. We don't get that in WNBA games, as ridiculous as that sounds. Like, there was a point where it was a one-point lead for Chicago. I want to say it was like, you know, 76 to 60. Like, I I forget, maybe it was 60-60 and it was 59. The point is, is on the scoreboard in the game, if you're watching a game on ESPN, it said that it was a tie game. And I'm looking at the stats online at ESPN, and the online says that the Sky have a one-point lead. And it took about three minutes for them to correct that. Mm -hmm. The Mercury eventually go on that run. So I struggle to say, hey, let's look at the camera, you know, the recording and say there was time left on the clock. Do I trust the refs, you know, when they went back and looked at it? Yes. Do I think that it's suspicious? And if you're a Chicago Sky fan or one of those people who believe in the conspiracy theories that the league is going to do everything they can to extend this series? That's just feeding fuel to the flame. 
Um, what was your thoughts on that? And then we can get into the Dinotrasi shove and the Cleocopper chokehold um, and the Dinotrasi like Fallout roll bounds. over out of bounds and look yeah. like the oldest person I've ever seen um, playing professional basketball. Shout out to Nancy Lieberman. Um, yeah. What are your, what are your thoughts on all those? <laughs> Nancy Lieberman. Oh, that was funny. Yeah. I mean, I'm still at a point, I feel like today, you know, we're recording this the morning after and I'm still like, my head's like, what? what the hell happened are you still buzzing because i don't know if you can tell i'm buzzing still i'm like what happened last night like i i feel like i blacked out i'm not gonna lie it was the most bizarre game i'd ever seen and i kept sitting here thinking it feels like chicago should be like up 10 right now and i would like be watching and i'd look down at the score and i'd be like but but they're up two or phoenix is up one like i don't understand like what i was seeing on the court wasn't translating to the score it felt very weird and then you had all these strange moments that you know we're going to talk about but um in terms of the diamond to shields three you know that, I'm, I'm gonna be honest it, it comes back to me like like you don't get a whole lot of view at that right you don't get a whole lot of analysis as a as a person watching it from an outsider's perspective so i can't really speak to that like i said i i just i guess i chalked it up to um, I thought it was really late. Like it was the next timeout. We had gone to break. Everyone's getting their drinks. I it was like out. three timeouts later. Yeah, like like all of a sudden I'm like, they're like, oh, that, that Diamond to Shield's three. And I remember thinking, that was like 10 minutes ago. Like we're reviewing that now. I felt like it was really late. And that was the only reaction I have. I was like, oh, we're doing that right now. Okay. Um, but I guess I didn't put a whole lot of analysis in it myself. And I didn't see on, on social media. I really tried to be into the game. Um, but I have not seen any of those still shots or anything. I'll have to check those out. But I, the, I, I the still shots do not do the refs uh, any favors. Let's put it that it, way. I'll have to check that out when, once we once we are on this or once we get done with this. I just, you know, I, I guess I just put enough. Um, I just let it be what it was going to be. I trusted the refs in that situation. Now that 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 poses a whole new question. There are moments in the game where I was like, what? Phoenix is getting every call right now, every single call, and I'm 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 being honest. You know, I I wanted Phoenix to win, not not because I, I have a favorite or whatever, but I, I just wanted to, my prediction to be right. So I found myself being like, oh my God, this is insane that like, I, and I don't want it to end, right? I want this to be stretched out. We all want it to go five. I right? want it to go five. So I just felt like Phoenix would, would, would actually play better than what they played. I don't think they played well at all yesterday. Um, but, but, but it, man, it really felt like the refs were on their side. Like you, you, so you, is... you literally had a sense that there was like, like we want to try and stretch this out as long as we can as well. Rachel's just feeding into all the Twitter. I mean, I'm just right saying now. like, no, you... I, Rachel, I completely respect what you're saying and it's a legitimate cause and complaint or cause in the right word. Um, James Wade brought it up, you know, the discrepancy, um, a, a little thing, and we were talking about this before the show, and I said, you know what, forget this. Let's just hop in, right? This is WNBA Finals. We don't need to edit this. We don't need to, <laughs> you know, censor our thoughts. I agreed. You know, like, there was definitely points where I was just like, are they just – and here's the thing. I think what we saw was the refs – and I know James Wade will fire back on this and say, what are you talking about? Let them play type game. I don't know what that means. And I agree with him. Like, what does that mean? But it was – an instance of the refs just saying, look, this is the finals. We know the Mercury are going to play insanely physical. We know the sky are going to play insanely physical because we've already seen that in both semifinals. 
And honestly, I respect the fact that they let them play physical. Was there questionable calls when like when they were calling it? Yes, I believe the game ends with 11 free throws for the Mercury and four for uh, the Sky, which obviously is a discrepancy. There is something to be said about the fact that like late in all. I mean, just in general, that's not. Oh, yeah. Well, that that's my thing. Like, okay, fine. If you're going to not my issue isn't not calling the fouls. Right. Like if you're going to allow the players to play ridiculously physical, that's cool. And so, OK, if the Chicago Sky rolling and get four free throws, I would say, OK, well, you know, then I want to see that on both sides. Now, the rebuttal, because you know me, I love to play devil's advocate, is late in the fourth quarter, the Mercury had seven free throws and the Sky had four. So that's not a huge discrepancy. Yeah, like yeah. whether or not you think the refs are on someone's side or pr- trying to prolong it at that point, late in the fourth. It was, in my mind, that is close enough that you call it even, right? Like, we're never going to have a professional WNBA game um, that is going to be completely even when it comes to the calls. That's just never going to happen. But I will say, like, we can talk about the refs all you want. When you you brought this up, you said you didn't feel the Mercury played that good. I don't feel either team honestly played that good. The amount of missed bunnies that both teams missed. The amount of missed open, I know in the post-game press conference, James Wade said we were getting good shots, but not great shots. Our team is built that we pass out of a good shot for a great shot or for a better shot. And I I want to review the tapes on that. Obviously, I haven't had time. It's early in the morning, the day after the game. I'm still buzzing from it. I got like one cup of coffee, but it feels like an adrenaline <laughs> shot to my vein right now. But I would say that like, look, at the end of the day, the Mercury... If, if I'm on either team, if we ignore the referee aspect, find the Mercury, I'm saying to myself, Skylar Diggins-Smith, who, yes, she, great facilitator, ends up making some huge baskets late in the game. But she shot, like, at one point, one of seven, three of 15. I mean, at that point, she was not hitting anything. She was missing little bunnies. Sophie Cunningham misses a couple little bunnies. Um, it, honestly, like, and, and we were texting this during the game, uh, and then on the sky side, open threes missed, open layups missed we were talking about this. Like for me, I was watching the game and it was very clear to me that Brittany Griner, Diana Taurasi, even Skylar Diggins Smith, but also uh Brian Turner, they were looking for the contact as opposed to going for the better shot. There was countless times where I saw them, where they got the ball, you know, one shoulder was wide open and they chose to go into the covered shoulder. And I understand there's probably a lot more to it and I'm simplifying things, but it almost looked like more times the Mercury were going for contact in a contested shot as opposed to the open look. That said, they were missing a lot of those open looks also. Oh, my God. I mean, I think that's to play devil's advocate. You know, I, I remember what, you know, I'm watching the game and like it was late in the second half, maybe fourth quarter. It felt like Chicago was just firing up threes. There were 55 threes attempted between both teams. You know, this was not a game where it felt like we're just going to pound it inside and, and, and force things or attack the basket and take contact. I, I really didn't see a ton of that, to be honest with you. Now, there were some missed coverages. Courtney Vandersloot had that great take to the rim. Skylar Diggins-Smith had a huge mishap and completely just she just gets to the rim for a wide-open layup. And then that's a whole other thing. You all, y'all don't want to get me to go on is, is the missed layups <laughs> yesterday. But that's, that's besides, besides the point. I feel like there were a lot, especially by Chicago, and again, this is just my observation. I felt like there were a lot of jump shots being taken um, and they went into a lull in the moments where you felt like they were going to 
stomp on the mercury's neck and really stretch this thing out, they'd come down and take, a, in my opinion, maybe a poor shot. You know, one side of the floor, just jack a three that didn't necessarily make a lot of sense. Like, and you're not going to go to the free throw line, you know, when you're shooting just jumpers a whole lot. And I felt like there were a lot of that in it, not as the game as a whole, but in, in certain key moments of the game, especially late in the game. Um, I, so that's just to piggyback off what you were saying. Like, that's not to say that, that I, I disagree with the refs. That's just not to say that I felt like they should have shot, shot more. I just think I, at moments I was going, man, Chicago's shooting a lot of con- contested jumpers right now. And that was a, a great, that's a credit to Mercury. You know, whatever they were doing defensively to, to keep them out of the paint or, or not be as aggressive getting into the rim, I, I think that, that you, have to, you have to acknowledge that because I saw a lot of those jumpers late in the game. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think, I, think, I think Phoenix did seem like there was a little bit more of a contested effort to get the ball inside, but there were not a lot of free throw shot in this game as a whole. Like you said, late in that game, the discrepancy was not that, was not that bad. Um, I think some of these calls, these specific calls, are the bigger topic of conversation than the free throw discrepancy. Yeah, I'd agree. And and honestly, if you just go to ESPN and you look at the, you know, the breakdown of the game, look at the shot chart, that's, you know, obviously a, a single, you know, projection of what happened that game. But just looking at the amount, when you look at the way that the shot chart lays out for the sky versus the mercury, you look at the mercury, it's all in the paint or all behind three point line. None of these, you know, mid range to deep twos. You look at Chicago and there's so many of these mid range to deep twos that, yeah, like, yes, if, if, you know, at one point, what it was, they scored uh, 30 points or 40 points in the first half, right? It was tied 40, 40 at half, 30 of those points for Chicago were paint points, Mm -hmm. which was mind blowing in a plethora of levels. When you look at who Chicago is, but then, you know, the Mercury kind of look not locked down the head. Like, what do you even say to that? Right. They ended up scoring like 50 points uh, in the paint as, as opposed. So instead of going for 60, they went for 50, whatever. But can we just talk real quick? Brittany Griner goes for the first eight points of the game, dunks it. Cool. I don't, I, first 10 points of the game for them. Um, I thought so, but I wasn't sure. I just remember the eight point mark. Um <laughs> She was just freaking beasting. I mean, that's the Brittany Griner that I want to see, right? We talked about it before. I said she's got to go for 25, 15, and 5. She goes 29, 9, and like 4 or something like that. I don't know. Whatever. That, if if the Mercury are going to win, it's going to be on the back of Brittany Griner. Obviously, I don't expect Diana Taurasi and Skylar Diggins-Smith to kind of no-show in the scoring output level, right? Like, they both impacted in different ways, but... Question for you. There's been a lot of talk of the Kalia Copper chokehold, the Diantrasi ref shove. You're all over the place Dian- right now. I can't even get my, my thought in about the shot chart. Just real quick. Let me let me add one Sorry. thing. Just go to the trusty. Everyone go to the trusty WNBA site. Go to the box score from last night. Click on shot chart. Go to Go to period four, quarter four. And look at the shot discrepancy between the Chicago Sky and the Phoenix Mercury. You'll see that Chicago Sky went six of 14. Phoenix Mercury went nine of 16. You'll see that Chicago, let me, I'm doing this math right now, nine of their 14 shots were outside of 18 feet, most of them beyond the three-point line. And you'll see that the Phoenix Mercury, the most of their shots outside of five of them were in the paint. 
So that for me was the fourth quarter and the difference of the game and probably the difference of late, late game free throw situation. So that's just a fun uh, activity. Everyone can go do see for yourself. That shot chart is, is, is Aria was talking about in that fourth quarter is, I think is very glaring to me. Sorry, back to you about the copper chain. No, you're right. Hey, you're right. I'm, I'm all over the place. Like I said, a lot of coffee, lack of sleep, still high on the fumes of that game last night. I mean, like that, that's what the WNBA finals are all about, right? Like, we want to see great players battling. Yeah, they're going to make mistakes. Yeah, the pressure is going to get to them. Yeah. But to like, I, I'm trying to remember because here's the thing. Yes, you know, recent finals have had some competition, but realistically, like, there's always been a strong favorite, right? When the Mystics played Seattle, we knew Seattle was going to win. When Seattle played. Las Vegas, we knew Seattle was going to win. Yes, there is that element of like we all, I think, collectively as WNBA minds are expecting Chicago to win and we'll think it's a big disappointment, if not like just a, a choke, if if you will. Some people are saying that. I think, you know, it's an argument to be made, but right now we're sitting at one and one in this series. So, you know, can we really, really say that? Right. But to have a series, I'm trying to remember you know, the last time we had a series that was this contested, that was this intense, um, that was truly, you know, I, I don't know. I'm just, I'm trying to remember. Was there like the last time? And that's what I'm excited about is we have a 1-1 series in the WNBA finals. We have greats on both sides. Uh, I'm trying to remember who told me this. Someone said it and I'm going to steal your line. Uh, you know, yeah, the Sky are the better team, but the Mercury have some closers. Sure. So the question for me is, can the Sky moving forward, you know, kind of keep that distance so that you can't let closers close. Sorry, Rachel, back to you, the <laughs> no. chokehold and the ref shove. Um, the ref shove. <laughs> Cause that's what it was, but here's my thing. Uh, let me just give my opinion and then you can, you know, react and tell me one Clea copper probably should have got a flagrant tech something for that chokehold. She in no way was getting the ball. Right. Second, should Diana Taurasi be ejected for that? Typically, yes. But to everybody, you know, we can hate on Diana Taurasi all you want, whatever you want to say. Yeah, like the woman throws bows and like shoves people just like baiting the refs to call fouls on her because she knows that the ref would be, you know, is very inclined mentally to not foul her out of the game. That said, are you really going to kick out like do you like fans do you want to see the mercury lose because their best player got kicked out of the game for that i just or do you want you know what i mean like yeah, or do you want to see them have their best players and compete yeah i mean it's just it's ridiculous to even see that 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 happen in the first place and but it's such a tough one because i can see either side of the argument like was it like a malicious kind of like okay i'm coming in and just completely or was it a heat of the moment kind of reactionary type of thing? And <clears throat> I think I tend to lay on the other, that, that side of it of kind of like, okay, you know, there's a little bit of a battle. She's coming in to kind of help break things up, whatever. Like, no, you cannot eject or, or whatever Tarazi in that situation. You just can't. And I think that that was the right call. Do I think that, you know, there's certain instances where you just have to read the room and take in the situation and just not that's that, but that's not a free pass to just let Tarazi do whatever the hell she wants. But that's a, that's a tough one to me. It's crazy that that even happened in my mind, but no, you, you can't have Tarazi out in that game. She has to be on the floor. Can you imagine if she got ejected? Like, 
I think everyone in the in the women's basketball community, our heads will all would have exploded. You know, you just can't. That can't happen. Um, and so also, I, how are you not going to give cop a tech if you're going? That's the other thing people want to talk about. Like that. That's the funny thing about fandom, right? The Chicago Sky fans didn't see Clea Copper chokehold Sophie well, and Cunningham. That's, that's the other aspect of this, and to me, that's probably um, the more the the bigger topic of conversation. Which sounds funny considering Tarazi just walked up and shoved a ref, but. I think that I think that um, and the, the sorry, but the ref's face when she got <laughs> shoved, when she turned around and saw who it was, like there was this face of who the and then yeah, uh, it was kind of just like I what what the hell do I do in this? Like that really happened. It was so shocking that those refs had to just be like, okay, like <laughs> and I I mean that's a hell of a a hell of a break for Phoenix. Um, I initially thought. The Kalia Copper Sophie Cunningham scrum. First and foremost, it's just funny how people want to want to want to get all like smacky after a missed layup. Like, <laughs> right? Make the <laughs> freaking layups. <laughs> Again, I I can't get past the layups. Um, but I do think that yeah. I mean, it's a heat of the moment battle. You're battling for the possession. Both players are on the floor. Sophie Cunningham is Sophie Cunningham. I thought that it was clean. You know, I really kind of thought okay this is just an intense battle situation and, and we're on the floor and everyone's getting chippy. And I didn't think it was a big deal until I saw the replay of it. Shout out to the replay that we kind of got to see that was good. And, and the, 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 can't, the camera one angle, replay of the series, there was so. a, a, you know, that it was the neck aspect of that that took it to another level. Um, <clears throat> I think it could have gone either way. You know, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if they had elevated that um, just because of that neck thing. Like, like when I saw that, I went, okay, this is, this is this could be a lot more. This could be serious. I wanted the hot mic oh. so bad. I just want to know what they're saying to each other. Because here's the other thing: like everyone's gonna talk about like that South Philly. I don't know if she's from South Philly or North. I, I don't know anything about Philadelphia. Um, but you know, Clea Copper was in her bag that like obviously frustrated the the Mercury had a game plan that was clearly to frustrate her and impact her in a way that they weren't able to in game one. I love the back and forth and I agree with you. Let them play. You know what I mean? Like when the other thing, like people want to say whatever they want, like Alyssa Thomas got a technical for doing less than what Kalia Copper did. True. That's a good point. That's a really good point, but it was a break for Chicago. It, I, I think that it could have gone, uh, you know, in Phoenix's favor and that could have been elevated. Um, so, I mean, that, that I do think that that was a break. Now, was it a glaring, you know, huge, moment that changed the momentum or would have made a huge implication for the game maybe i mean i don't know but it was a break for chicago i think it could have gone either way um yeah that's really all all right well i think those are i mean the only other controversy was diana tarasi like falling over and (laughs) she got rid of it she got rid of it she got rid of it she my thing with that whole thing was we can't hear the like there was times where the rest were blowing the whistle and us as like fans watching from home couldn't hear the whistle. Right. Okay, so like, sure. am I going to give them the benefit of the doubt that Sandy was calling timeout from behind? I saw one camera angle because, you know, the WNBA, we have two camera <laughs> angles. I saw, excuse me, I saw one camera angle that showed and it looked pretty clear to me that she was call- either she was screaming for a foul or she was calling timeout. It looked like she was calling timeout. So fine. I give that to her. Um, but I mean, look, frustrating, frustrating game. My thing is this moving forward, right? Because, all right, we've talked about this game. We talked about who showed up, who didn't, you know, uh, shout out to Courtney Vandersloot, just ridiculous game. Uh, 
a lot of players making impactful plays. And, and this is the series we all wanted. I think at the end of the day, it comes down to this looking forward. The sky lost their cool, right? Like, and maybe that I'm, I'm feel free to tell me I'm exaggerating, right? But like, to me, it, it, at a certain point in that game, it no longer looked like the sky where the team we've seen all playoffs where, you know, something bad is happening to them and they respond cool, calm and collective. We've seen that from both teams so far in the playoffs. In this game, it almost felt like, I don't know what they were doing specifically, but the Mercury found a way to get under their skin. The Mercury found a way to just kind of, you know, be those nails on a chalkboard to the Chicago sky Mm -hmm. and the Chicago sky lost their cool. So for me, it's as simple as this. Like I want to see how cool, calm and collective they can be going into game three. They're going to be home. The the pressure is going to be on them, right? They're, They're the expected favorites. They're going home. They need to perform in front of the hometown crowd. Candace Parker coming home, All, all these big things. Can they stay cool, calm, and collective and ready for the moment like we've seen throughout these playoffs? Or are we going to look back at this and say game two, the tides turned, the tables turned, and the Mercury found a way to just aggravate the sky? Well, I think I think just back to game two, last night's game, You know, Phoenix did exactly what they needed to do in that game. They found a way. And, and it wasn't pretty for either team. There were moments of runs. I mean, how many? I mean, there was like countless ties and lead changes. I mean, it was one of the most back and forth games we've ever seen. And there's like that that saying, basketball's game of runs. It truly was like that last night, you know, with sprinkled in bad calls and, you know, controversial moments, things like that. It was just extremely exhausting for even a fan to watch. But as the players on the road, Chicago's in that environment. I mean, did anyone stop and look around at that crowd and just the atmosphere and how many times the announcers were like, we can't even hear the whistles. I, I, I get chills. I have chills right now on my arm talking about that because that in itself is just a topic of conversation of the environment that that's being created here. But, you know, that's a hostile environment for Chicago, you know, and, and, and Phoenix had to capitalize on that. And I think that Chicago showed moments of poise, showed moments of, you know, this team that they they have been in the playoffs. I'm not super concerned about Chicago and, and questioning, oh man, like here's red flags. I'm seeing something different. I just saw two teams that it's late in the season and it's it's ugly and it's gritty and it's it's chippy and you had a lot of emotion and intensity and you just have to find a way. You know, you you flip one one or two of those calls a couple of those layups <laughs> and it's a different game. I mean, again, we're talking about the difference of just minor possessions and I don't know, I guess I feel like um, it's a credit to Phoenix. I, like I, like I said before, I felt like Chicago had it. I felt like they were in control, especially in that first half. And then you kind of felt a little bit of a change in that third quarter headed into the fourth. And it was like, it was like every time, you felt like Phoenix was getting ready to go on a run. Like they hit it. They'd hit a three. Then they'd come down and get a stop. Then they'd come down and turn it over. And then Chicago would come down. Maybe Phoenix would get another stop. And then Chicago would come or Phoenix would come down and they'd miss a layup. Like then Chicago would come down and hit a three. It felt like Chicago actually did a good job of answering any of Phoenix's runs, but somehow they found a way to keep it within striking distance so that when in that fourth quarter came, I think the biggest issue was Chicago 
they, 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 they got on their heels. I don't know if it was the moment. I don't know if it was a situation. They were on their heels. They were shooting way too many jump shots. They, they weren't as aggressive as they were in the earlier parts of the game. And Phoenix was the aggressor. I think that that's, that's the difference for me. And obviously you have that environment you have, um, Courtney Vandersloot was absolutely phenomenal. My God. I mean, we, we have to really start putting her in the conversation of MVP of Chicago and winning this whole thing. But, you know, I, I think that Phoenix did what they had to do. And it's really interesting now. I, I think, you know, we talked yesterday going, man, like we could see Chicago running away with this entire thing. But then it was like, or we could see Phoenix finding a way. And that's what they've been able to do all year. Um, they had to. It was do or die for Phoenix. They absolutely had to win that game. Shout out to Cheryl Swoops, who who agreed that 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 this was a do or die for Phoenix to have a chance. So now, now you know, I mean, everyone gets on a plane today. They probably don't practice much. They just rest and recover and get ready for tomorrow. Um, and it's it's on it's in Chicago. It's at Wintrust, which is going to be just as much of an environment as as Phoenix. Um, and I I think now the question is how does Chicago respond to kind of getting punched in the face in, you know, in that fourth quarter and late in that game. And, and the bigger question, honestly, that's going to be on everyone's mind is like, look, we, we've seen both these teams throughout the whole regular season. And obviously playoffs is a completely different season, especially with the amount of games they've played so far in these playoffs. Uh, end of the day, the, the question mark is on Chicago. How do they respond? Like you said, Rachel, like, are we going to see the 16 and 16 team? Or are we going to see the team that just, you know, trailblazed through the playoffs? And similar for the Mercury, honestly. Um, well, today is Thursday. We have a game tomorrow. <laughs> four minutes re- to recover. Four minutes to recover. Uh, I'm getting I on a plane tomorrow. Everyone send me some vibes that I can get there. I'm flying Southwest. We'll see. <laughs> Good luck. God. I will say, no, the vibe I'm going to send you is... Find a way to go to the game, but also find a way that we can do a, a, a spaces before the game. I don't know how we're going to do that, when we're going to do that, or what. We'll find a way, even if that means that you're barely going to talk, and every time you talk, it's just going to be like, holding ah! the, the... Exactly, exactly. Or honestly, you know what, Rachel? I need you, if we're going to do the spaces, I need you to find like a, a, a Chicago Sky fan face painted or like I need you to find that diehard fan um, and and bring them onto our spaces because I just think that would be hilarious. Uh, Rachel and the Rachel in the crowd with uh, with all the crazy fans is is where my mind's at. But Rachel, we have a little bit of time to adjust our predictions, but I want as of today, right, with game two fresh on the mind. The flavor of, you know, our mouth is still full of what feels like we just had a boxing match last night. Like sweat and blood are, is, is still the flavor of, of choice right now. Talk to me. Prediction for game three as of today. And I assume we will be talking tomorrow and do a prediction tomorrow. But as of today, game three prediction. I'm I'm today going sky by nine. I just feel like I want to retire from the predictions after last night. Like, you know, like go out on after top. finally getting one, right? After fun, go out on top and just feel like, you know, I, people were texting me like, Hey, will you do my lottery t- lottery ticket? I'm like, listen, <laughs> listen, I got lucky every now and then you find, you find something. Um, I, 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 I have to stick with my long-term gut on this. I think that it's going to be an ugly game. Cause you're going to have a lot of tired legs. Um, a lot of jet lag legs. Um, I don't think it'll be the prettiest game, but it's going to be really intense. Uh, I'm going to have Chicago Sky in regulation by 
six. Ooh, so I got Sky by nine. I didn't say regulation or not. That I'm copping out because then I'll look smart if we go to overtime. Uh, appreciate it. And then we'll, I don't know how. Maybe we'll do an episode tomorrow. Maybe we'll, we'll do something tomorrow where we can uh, update. Let let the, the flavors sink in and decide if we're sticking with our predictions or if we're moving on. Rachel, thank you so much as always. Uh, and fans, get ready because this is not going to be a 3-0 series. This is going to be a good one.